0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Bird's Eye View, where we connect the past to the present to understand what makes the Black community unique. I'm your host, turn the Bird of Bird Owl Consulting, and today we're going to be talking about the Black community, Black Americans, and wealth, money management, and all that fun stuff. And you can see here, I have a guest with me here today, and today I have actually my brother, Marcus, who is... Um, kind of like my personal financial um, consultant, and but he has a business called Totally Adulting, where he helps people with credit, with budgeting, and we're just going to have kind of just a laid-back conversation about Black America and why it seems that we are behind the ball when it comes to wealth in our community and trying to essentially catch up to our white counterparts, and can, can we catch up um, eventually, but I have him here today because I want him to give us some advice, kind of talk to us. I know he has kind of, he has helped me a lot with my finances, so we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, Marcus, if you want to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, so like uh, the woman said, my uh, name's Marcus Berg, uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, started a, uh, company about mm, seven or eight months ago called, uh, totally adulting, where we help people with credit. We do financial education. Um, and more than that, we're aiming to, uh, educate people on actual black wealth. Um, you know, to me, there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy, right? One is rich. You're kind of, is is a newer thing. Whereas wealth, there's much more of a system behind it. And there's much more of a um, um, you can you can take yourself out of the equation and that that system is still running at peak performance, whether you're there or or not. Um, so we're we're trying to educate people on, on, on the areas of life that school um, leaves out for whatever reason. That's super important. And that kind of helps you get away from that nine to five job mentality. Um, um, that does not to say that, you know, if, if some people love their nine to five. So great. Keep, keep doing that, but you don't want to be relying on that so that that's like you have to be there. Uh, so this make your nine to five, something that you're passionate about that you're, Um, that you get to that you get to do uh, not necessarily that you have to do Um, so we are trying to better the world through financial education
0: nice um and i think this is an important topic because of course this podcast we look at the things that are going on today through history so kind of the history with with the black community with black people and money week started off behind the eight ball um because of course we were, we were brought over here first our ancestors were brought over here in slave ships we were enslaved as people we couldn't even we didn't get paid for the work that we were doing for we working on the farm um now you have what we call like doulas and midwives who weren't getting paid for being those as enslaved women um and we just weren't getting paid for those things. And even after slavery ended, when you go into the Jim Crow era, you go into segregation, there were things, the system, there were things that were put in place by the government that kept the black people behind. And so for a lot of white people, you have, you have this generational wealth that for some white families, they can trace back to the time when their families came over to America on the ships. So... Being behind doesn't mean, in my mind, doesn't mean that we necessarily can't catch up or try to do better. One of the things that I wanted to point out when I was kind of getting ready for this podcast, i I just looked up some some facts when it came when it comes to black America and how we we spend our money. And some of these um, figures kind of well it, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me because, I kind of understand what's going on in our culture, in our community, in our society, because as Black Americans, we are very, we are big consumers. We will, we want to buy everything. We want to have everything that is, you know, at our fingertips. As soon as it come out, we got to get it. We got to get the new Jordans. We got to get the new iPhone. We got to have the flyest car, the biggest house, this, that, the other. And I think part of that is from, not only from the hip hop culture, and You know, from rap artists like having their what we call bling or whatnot, but some of these these numbers kind of uh, surprised me. Um, One thing was that one hundred seventy-one thousand dollars is the is the average net worth of a typical white family, which is nearly ten times greater than that of a black family. And so, this, which a black family is about seventeen thousand one hundred and fifty dollars, and this was back in uh, two thousand sixteen. Um, The gaps in wealth between black and white households reveals the effects of accumulated inequality and discrimination, as well as differences in power opportunity that can be traced back to the nation's inception. So, again, that's that history component that's 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 coming into that. Um, In terms of when I was talking about consumerism, black American, our spending power is about one point two trillion dollars a year. Now, think about that. Um, according to this study, we only make up about 13, 14% of the population. So we only make up about 49 million of the population out of what, 350, 360, something like that. Um, but we have outsized influence over spending on many of product categories. So, categories like hair care, grooming aids, watches, skin care. Uh, just to give an example, for hair care, we spend $4.2 billion every year on hair care alone versus our white counterparts who spend about 473 million. So we're going from billions to millions. And I saw this thing on Facebook that kind of helped people to put it into perspective, the difference between a million and a billion. And there's a big difference. It's, um, it compared it to like minutes and seconds. So think of it that way. You have sixty seconds in a minute, but then when you think about a minute in terms of like five minutes or so, that's that takes a lot long, longer time. So it's a lot bigger gap there. So, my question is to you, Mark, is wh- why do you think that is? Why do you think we are bigger in spending versus you know trying to save and build that and build that wealth up for our future generations?
1: So I think that's just uh, goes back to consumerism um versus being a producer. Um I just listened to this interesting podcast on NPR on um Planet Money and I'll uh shoot you the the link so you can put it into the, the show notes. But it's called Patent Racism. Mm. Um and it talks about how um given the opportunity, uh black Americans are very innovative. Um, we come up with great ideas. And, and so during um, the early 1800s or early uh, leading up to the 1900s, um, there were a lot of patents that were done by black Americans. Um, you know, things like the elevator, flat, um, uh, sh- street lights, um, dryers, microwaves. There's a lot of different patents that um, we were coming up with and filing for. And the researcher found that as violent crimes against the Black community increased, um, the number of patents decreased. Uh, Because you saw that people were more worried about their well-being and that took up the brain space that people have to think and dream and idealize. Um, So as violence against the Black community increased, patents decreased. And then the opposite happened of course also the more uh, the less violence the more patents the more time that people had to to dream and and, and envision things um, and I think that in a way that has um, continued today we we as a community are super focused on education
2: mm-hmm. and
1: because people saw education as the way out and right. That is still true to an extent today, right? Um, paying for college is super expensive now. Yeah. One of the, the biggest debts that people have are student loans and which contributes to your net, net worth, right? Because it's, it's how much money you have and your assets versus your li- liabilities and debts. So that's going to bring your net worth down. Um, so we we have been taught to go to school, get education, which you need, definitely, um, and go to work. Um, and so then well, what happens when, you know, the way that the taxes work out, you are now the biggest, the, the largest taxed entity in the U.S. as a W-2 employee. Uh, you work, the government takes the taxes out, or your job withholds the taxes, and then you get what's left. Um, and so you don't necessarily have the time to create things. You have um, plenty of time to be a consumer because that's way easier. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you, I mean, you, you have to at some point enjoy your life, right? You, you can't just go to work and come home and go into your basement um, and invent stuff. Um, and so that's, that's contribute to the amount that we are uh, consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that has contributed is the, the challenges of starting a business, right? Um, there are laws in place that you have to follow. You have to get your insurances and things. So even to start a business and to get bonded and have insurance, um, and be incorporated, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at close to a thousand bucks, mm-hmm. um, depending on what state you're in and what industry you're going into. Uh, that's one of the hurdles that you have to get over in order to start a business um not to mention the the time commitment uh, right. that it takes to actually start a business as well so all of these things accumulate to the bar being very high to start a a business um whereas the bar to being a consumer open the Amazon app and you can have something within the day right um, right, right now, this is taking place during the pandemic, so that may take a week or two weeks. But in a normal circumstance, open the app, have it in, in two hours
2: right. is there
1: on your doorstep. So there's a huge discrepancy between um, becoming a producer and versus being a con- consumer. One, you have to become, which is a producer, and the other, you already are, which is a consumer. So that's always going to be easier to be what you are. Rather than become something else, um, so you know those are those are some some of the factors. Now we as as Black Americans are uh, we we create the number one export that the U.S. has, right? Culture, hip hop, mm. uh, music, um, uh, art, film, fashion, <laughs> fashion, right? It's it's not cool until a black person does it, you know. Right. Um, and so we we haven't done a great job at at harnessing that. Um, right. Right. Right now, if you listen to uh, if you're interested in starting a startup or starting a business, there's a great podcast called This Week in Startups. Um, and the host he runs an accelerator. He invested in Uber. Um, uh, the other big one. The other big unicorns right so he's he's set for life he never even has to work another day in his life because he's an accredited investor so he was able to invest in uber before uber was uber so he invested like ten thousand bucks and his his return is like 100 million or something like that so you know not being able to take advantage of those type of things um really hurts us but um he was saying that I totally lost my train of thought. what was I talking about before now
0: are you talking about Uber and you know how he invested ten thousand dollars and you know some of the factors of you know why we are kind of like behind and why why we're consumers instead of you know building businesses but um if you lost your train of thought, I just wanted to say this because when you were talking about you know the work that it puts into and kind of the bar that's set in order to create your own business
2: yeah
0: I was going to add that I, I've always been and, and and you know this I've always been a nine to five t- type of person like I never saw myself as an entrepreneur so even when I started Bird Owl Consulting I started last year it does take a lot of work and when I looked into um, you know how do you become like you know like a legit business and registering with the state and everything like even when I registered for the state I think I spent maybe a little bit over two hundred dollars but that mm. was just to get that was just to register my name with the state so um so no one can take my name so basically i was protecting my name right. so i'm not a, i'm not an llc like i would have to pay more money for an llc but the reason why i'm not an llc is because i first got to come up with that money <laughs> so it's, yeah so hey, it's, each, it's difficult each, so if you each, don't have the money to even do it but see and and, and, that's, why, and that's what we were talking about how you have it's easy to start a business when you have a family that can just give you you know one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars or something to start up a business but at the same time like you said it's the type of business that you're doing because like with my business my business is just a consulting business i don't really have um products that i'm selling like i am the product like i'm i'm selling my services mm. so it's it to me i find it a little bit easier to do a consulting business versus like a you know, brick and mortar storefront that would cost a lot more money, a lot more time, even though building my consulting business is taking a lot of time. It does take a lot of time to hard work, but you have to be passionate about it in in trying to make sure that that it works and that is and that is fruitful.
1: Yeah. And, and, and one of the things, one of the descriptions that we have is, is we don't have the ability to take risk. Um, you know, if, if, if you want it to be irresponsible <laughs> and go yeah. out and get a loan from, from the bank for 10,000, 15,000, $20, $20, $80,000, you have to have collateral, right? You have to show that you can, uh, pay back this, this loan, if something is that you won't default, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having a family with, with resources to be able, you know, even if, if you're getting a loan for 80,000 and, they say, okay, we're going to need, um, collateral in the form of, uh, asset that's worth eight, $8,000, right. Just, just, uh, just a 10 multiple, um, you know, that, that can be a challenge. The average family today in the U S can't cover $400 with, with cash. Um, so, you know, we're, we're a cash starved nation. Um, and so that's, that's why it's important to be able to not only, uh, leverage your, your community, but also, um, leverage credit. Um, you know, there are, there are those out there that don't use credit at all that say, you know, credit cards are dumb. Don't, don't do it. Um, having any kind of debt is, is terrible. Um, and, uh, debt, debt as a whole is bad, but certain types and, and, and how you use it, can be useful to leverage cash flow in other areas, right? So, we mm-hmm. so like buying a house cash is cool, but that's that's kind of that's gonna be hard, right? I mean, nobody has like $80,000 laying around ready to put all that into a house. But if you use your expenses and put that on, say, a credit card, it gives you mm-hmm. 2% cash back, or like the Discover card gives you uh, matches your cash back after the first year um, you can make your normal purchases. Um, if you have a budget then you can pay off that card every single month. And now, uh, you can use that cash back in a form of free money Well, that free money. Now say you can, you spend them on, on the card. Um, you get a cashback double of like 700 bucks. All right. Mm-hmm. So now you have $700 to use that to either take a nice vacation, um, you know, somewhere local, of course, because plane tickets going to cost you just about that much. Um, or you can use that to incorporate your business or buy a bond insurance or invest it with some type of mutual fund or something. Um, so it's, it's, it's ways of, of creating money where um, you may not have the most resources, but you can leverage credit in and, and that, that way. Um, and so then, so
0: let's, so let's delve more deep into that because that's exactly what, what I, ha, what I have done. So let's, what is this, 2020? So let's kind of go back, what, six, seven years. I used to have like six different credit cards. Yeah, I agree. You Where's went this?
2: off. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. But you, you know, I, I've learned and then, but it, but it, but to kind of tell about my money story, I know um you know growing up with with in our family we were taught you know to be savers and to be smart with our monies and stuff like that but I think with Marcus what Marcus has done is he kind of took it a step further and found how your money can work for you and you not work for your money and so when I started this journey of trying to get out of credit card debt about six seven years ago I had a credit card for for all these stores I had um a Sam's club credit card, but w- the problem was, was that back then I wasn't making the kind of money that I'm making now, um, at my nine to five job. Um, but now that I'm in a, pos- I'm, I'm in a position now where I am making good money, where I can, well, I started really paying off those credit cards. So by the time I had the job that I had now, I think I was down to two, I was down to two credit cards, but. Um, when I had all those credit cards, I, I I had I made a decision of okay I want to get out of credit card debt because I was looking at what my brother was doing with his credit, especially after um, he got married and found out what he was doing, and basically what they were doing was they were putting all of their bills on their credit card and use and saving up those cash points the cash rewards, and then you guys end up going you you guys end up going somewhere using that using those rewards right
1: oh man we went to vegas we went to aruba um uh went to had a nice weekend in asheville north carolina um we 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 do one trip a year for for Mm. free somewhere
0: and 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 that's and that's what and that's the place that i wanted to get to like i wanted to um i wanted to kind of be financially independent now i still have my my student debt so that's a whole nother story but my goal was to get out of credit card debt and my goal was to be the only debt that i have was my credit card so now my car is paid off um i basically did the dave ramsey famous snowball effect um and just paid and yeah started with the highest amount and just paid Mm -hmm. that off and then took that money and put it to the next credit card yeah and so now um my credit score is higher um, basically I can I can do anything I want now because I have my I have i don't have that that debt layer, um, over my head and then I'm able to I've started using my I transferred my bills over to my to my credit card that I have now and start so I can get those points and after the first month of me just um, and this is during a pandemic now so even after the first month mm-hmm. I already have like after the first month I had like 15 or 20 dollars worth of of cash points or, or, or rewards on my credit card. so I'm just like, if I just keep like a couple of years from now, I can take that money and go on a trip. um just and so I'm making the credit card work for me, but basically, I feel like isn't that how the isn't that how you're supposed to use the credit card? like, but the problem is people don't pay it off every month and try to build that and try to build that wealth. But before you can even do all of that of what I did, one thing I did do is I had a budget. So in that, and I don't know, Marcus, is, are there like, you know, stats on, you know, the average American of who budgets and who doesn't budget and how much we have in savings and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I'm not positive on, on that stat um, as far as who budgets and who doesn't. Um, but I can tell you that if you, if you do budget, Um, you will be shocked at the different categories. Like, So say you have housing allowance, food, groceries, gas for your car, right? Each each category. Um, Everybody who starts a budget is always super surprised at how much they actually spend on food. And not necessarily groceries, Mm -hmm. but eating out. Eating out is by far where you're going to lose track of most of your money. Um, And then going back to your credit card, Um, so there's, there's, there's two fields of thought, right? One is are credit cards evil or are they good? Right. And then there's, there's two types of credit. There's unsecured and secured credit. Um, so the first type secured is the type that we don't normally use very often, but say you are a new student or you're trying to rebuild your credit. Um, one of the easiest ways to do that is with a secured credit card, meaning you go to the bank you say, I, I want a credit card. And they say, okay, what is, what do you want your credit limit to be? And say, so you say $200. So you upfront have to give the bank $200. And then as you um, buy things with that credit card, you then pay off that bill that upfront $200 is the bank's um, takes away the risk for the bank. So say you don't pay. So you have a bill of $180 and you don't pay it. The bank now has your original 200 that they can take the 180 from and then, you know, close your account. So that way the bank now has 20 extra dollars and they didn't lose any money taking a chance on somebody who's trying to build credit. Uh, so that two hundred
0: dollars. So that $200 is like, you get that $200 every month. So, so every month you have $200 that, that you spend on on that credit card.
1: $200 is what sets your limit. Okay. So, yeah. So if, if you come to me and, and you say, Hey, um, I, I I want to open up a line of credit and I say, okay, you give me $200 right now, which protects me from anything you do in the future up to $200. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing that, that the bank's doing. They're protecting them themselves from anything you do in the future up to that amount that they allow you to borrow. Right? Oh, gotcha,
0: gotcha. You're
1: borrowing your own money. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. And then the unsecured line of credit um, is credit card companies, Visa, Discover, American Express, MasterCard, where you spend money, uh, you spend their money, and then at the end you pay your bill. Uh, that's why they can dictate terms like 17, 24, 32% interest um, mm-hmm. if you don't pay it back, right? So that's why they've made so much money. And the reason people originally get into that situation is because they don't have a budget to make sure that they have the cash in the bank to pay that card off every month. Um, so that's, that's the evil side of credit cards, right? Not being able to pay it off, high interest rates, and it's just a vicious cycle. You may owe... Uh, your your bill may be $32,000 or $3,200 that month, but mm-hmm. the minimum payment may be $287. So now people are like, oh, I, I can make that down, make that minimum payment easy, right? Whereas right. on the backside, when they make that minimum payment, now they owe $2,700 or something on the card, and that's when the interest starts accumulating. And so as long as you're making your minimum payment, people think that they're good, and that mm-hmm. interest just keeps accumulating more and more and more very quickly, right? 17, 18, 25% every single month, which means you're now that same original $3,200 very quickly can become 48, dollars dollars $5,000. Right. So that's, that's the danger, okay? That's when you, don't, you do not have a plan and things escalate very, very quickly. Um, the good side, and it of credit can cards.
0: take you, and it can take you like four years to pay off that three thousand dollars credit card that you had.
1: <laughs> take you years easily, easily. <laughs> that,
0: that, that I had.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: years. Um, so the the good side of credit cards are the protections that it uh, uh, affords you in the form of um, uh, you can um, block block the card. Say your card stolen you're not liable for the purchases made from the stolen credit card. If, if your uh, card number is stolen, right, you're you're not responsible for those charges. Credit cards have amazing um, tech in the background that knows where you are, what you normally purchase, how much of that you normally do. And so when anything's out of the ordinary, um, they know. And they're like, okay, let me call this dude. Make sure that it's actually them making this purchase. Um, so, so, so that, that adds a layer of protection from your bank account to the credit card. Um, banks have gotten better at this over the, the, the years, but not all, all banks aren't, um, the same because if you have fraud with your bank account, uh, so you have, you know, $2,000 in your bank account and someone does $3,000 in charges. Um, and, and you have a, a credit card with the actual bank or your debit card with the bank, um, now you have overdraft fees and things, right? And the bank's um, investigation may take a month. Right. That money that you need to pay your bills and stuff is gone.
0: In is, the meantime, you still, got, they, like, you still got bills to pay during that month of the investigation. Because the yeah. bank
1: is not going to front you that money during that right. investigation. Whereas credit card companies, they will do that because they're making so much more off of you know, fees and stuff from mm-hmm. other people who aren't planning and who are paying minimum payments. Um, and so that affords you another layer of security. So that way my personal bank account is nowhere in the wild. Um, and then if you add on top of that, the level of encryption, if you use like your phone, if you use the Apple Pay um, or Google Pay or Samsung Pay or whatever phone you have, their version, um, they, they have an extra e- encryption on, on, on top of that. So now that number, that token that is shared when you go boop, boop, and make
2: you know, mm.
1: a purchase, um, that's not your card number being transferred to that merchant. That's an, an encrypted number being transferred and then they settle it up with the processor. So now you have another layer. So now there's two layers of encryption before it actually gets to my bank account. So now my bank account is only exposed to my credit card company.
0: Yeah, and I think, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to switch over, not only for, you know, the rewards, but for the, the added protection because, you know, you have, like, I can't even remember last time I saw a commercial about fraud, about, you know, about identity theft and all that stuff. And I'm like, every time I see that commercial, I'm just like, oh my gosh, so many millions of Americans get their identity stolen every day. But right. it's like, but it's like having that credit, like, so you cre- the credit card, the credit card, like putting your bills and paying for, you know, everyday things on a credit card is more, is more of that protection than using a debit card. And so that's, yeah, that's Never that's, use a debit card.
2: Oh, that's well. That's a majority. So
0: yeah, that's okay. the majority reason why that I switched over to using yeah. my. Like I switched over. Like when I have like my my auto payments come out, right. it's my credit card. It's only like maybe a, a, few, maybe two or three bills that doesn't come out that doesn't get charged my credit card because right. they they want to allow like they want an actual like bank account. Yeah. Which I'm like, uh, okay, whatever.
1: Like a mortgage um, is not going to let you do. Yeah, like
0: card. yeah. I think my my rent comes out straight yeah, from yeah. from my bank account um actually my utility bill i couldn't get i couldn't change my utility bill over so that comes out of my Mm. um my bank account too Mm. um there was one there was there was something else that wouldn't come out either but most majority of my bills like especially when i go grocery shopping because like when because you know the the points you get the grocery shopping restaurants all that stuff um i use my credit card but at the same time and this is what people forget people think that oh i have a credit card i have a you know five thousand dollar limit free money It ain't free.
2: (laughs) Right. It is is
0: not free. So it's like I have to I have to remember to you know pay it off at the end. But it was interesting because what is this June May was the first month that I used that I did this where I had my um where I put all everything on a credit card and then I was able to I was able to pay the whole thing off at the end of the month. Yeah. And that felt so
2: amazing. (laughs)
0: Like it felt really good to be able to just oh okay you know, my credit card bill is $2,300. Hey, it is Ooh, done. done. Um, so, numbers. but so it's like, first you need to, cause we, when, when we talk about wealth, you, you can't really start to build wealth until you have the, um, the budget down and right. then saving like there, like there's a process. So, and I know Dave Ramsey, he got, he has this process and, um, Mm -hmm. we're big Dave Ramsey fans and so um, do you want to kind of talk about kind of that process where the snowball effect where you can get to the point where you want to build wealth because you know people always say well I want to I want to invest and do this and that and the other yeah but you don't have a budget and you don't have a savings account first of all you don't have any kind of savings
1: yeah let me look at the seven baby steps so well I will say so you know we're talking about building a budget Um, and the way that I tell people to build a budget before we get right before we get to the seven baby steps by Dave Ramsey um, is to get your staying alive number. So your staying alive number is literally the minimum amount of money you need to keep a roof over your head, gas in your car, food on your table, all right? So in order to build a budget, you're going to do this. You're going to take your rent. Uh, you're going to do your grocery budget or your grocery, like how much you spend in a month at the grocery store. Um, mm-hmm. How much do you spend a month on gas, um, uh, utility bills, right? And, and you can check these out on my videos on social. It's uh, totally uh, adulting on social. You're going to add all those numbers up, all right? Um, if you have any other thing that you have to pay each month, like a bill, child care, something like, or like that, you're going to take that number that is now your staying alive number that is the minimum amount of money you need to bring in every single month all right and what happens is people think that they need to make or or bring in so much more than their staying alive number so allow your staying alive number to give you a, a breath of 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 relaxation, of relaxation. meaning if if um, you know money's tight and i find out my staying alive number is 1800 bucks a month and I bring in twenty five hundred or twenty six hundred a month. You can take a breath because you make enough money to take care of all your needs. Okay, mm-hmm. and then once you have your staying alive number, then you can add in the Netflix, the gym membership, um, the whatever thing that you want to put your extra money to. Right, extra money to
0: getting your hair done
1: getting Your hair did, yeah. You should just shave it, and then you're you're good to go.
2: Like,
0: you're <laughs>
1: no. buy, buy some razors. Um, so get your staying alive number. Realize that hopefully you make enough to to be okay, and then you can start to focus on more uh, wealth building strategies on top of that. All right. And so once you're Stay alive number, add in everything else. Um, if it's more than what you bring in during the month, some things have to go. Okay. That's just um, how it is. I mean, if, if if you want to live on a budget um, and be able to let your money make money for you so that way you have a plan for retirement um, and you're not dodging bill collectors and things, you have to let some things go. Um, so make sure that you have your staying alive number, most important thing, and then add everything else on top of that. Um, so my Dave Ramsey story is, you know, I was... Um, what year I get married 2014. So this is 20, this is 2013 or so. Um, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to have had millionaire mentors, uh, people who are very wealthy and
0: give you no money.
1: Oh, nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. You don't, you
0: don't. You don't, <laughs> so you don't. I mentor a millionaire mentor. I need, nah. some, I
1: need you to give me some money. No, 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 nah. See, they, they, they didn't get rich by, you know, people giving them money, right? They'll, right. they'll give you ideas and they'll give you advice. Uh, but they're not just going to straight up give you money, though. I wish. <laughs> um, so I was lucky enough to have millionaire mentors, right? And the majority of these guys were white men, okay? Um, I think that it's important that you um, be able to learn from people who are, who made the system, right? Um, yeah, um,
0: you, you got you got to know how to, you got to kind of mingle with, you kind of have to mingle and, you know, learn from, and that, and that's just with anything in life. Cause I know for yeah. me, there have been, there have been plenty of white people. I want to be where I'm at without the white people that, that helped me. So let's yeah, just definitely. make that yeah. clear. Well,
1: yeah. So I, I noticed one thing about them is that they, A, you know, they didn't look super wealthy. Like they looked well off. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, they drove nice SUVs and things, you know, Chevy Ford, like nothing exotic. Right. Um, They had nice houses, uh, upper middle-class, nice neighborhoods and things. They took nice vacations long story short, they lived a lifestyle that I was like, you know what, that would be great to live that kind of lifestyle. Um, So the first thing I did was I found out how I could be useful to them. Um, Everybody has a problem that they don't want to solve themselves. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll say that again, everybody has a problem that they don't want to solve themselves. Your job as an entrepreneur, as a citizen of our society is to figure out, what that problem is for them or whoever. Sometimes
0: they, they might not know it. Cause one they may thing not that, I, right. yeah. Cause the, the one advice that I got, especially when I started my business is you have to tell the person or let them know why they need you.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so there's, there's, there's two, two schools of thought there. There's the one that is, um, you're, you're solving a current problem in, in society. Um, uh, I want to share money with my friends or I want Mm -hmm. to be able to pay my friend. But I had, right now I have to go to the bank, get the cash out of the bank, give it to my friend. Um, Venmo boom solves that problem. Now I can just straight up, um, pay them back. And I can do it with my credit card. Right. Um, and then there's problems that people don't know they have that you solve like Nike. I didn't know I could look cool or feel like a better athlete than i am um <laughs> nike solves that problem for me a problem i didn't know i had i didn't know i needed to look baller while trying to ball you know and jogging up and down the court trying not to have a heart attack um apple made it easy for creatives to look creative feel creative be part of this uh, society where it's like oh you don't have the iphone or you don't you don't do your your Editing on a on a on a MacBook. Mm, are you a creative though, right? So that's a problem that people didn't know that they had. Um, so figure out what the problem the people have, or create the problem. Uh, don't set their house on fire <laughs> and be there with a bucket of water, right? That's that's that ain't gonna do it. Right. Um, but you have to show some kind of value to the people who you want to mentor you. You just can't go up there and expect them to a care about you um, and 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 be uh, dedicate the time that it takes in order to educate somebody. Um, so tip of the day right there. Boom. Okay. So for free, for free. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> uh, so seven baby steps. So Dave Raymond said, one save a thousand dollar emergency fund. This is important because it adds a layer of security mentally, right? The, the baby steps is all about uh, your mental sanity. It doesn't make the most math sense, but it makes the most psychological sense, all right? All right, so say the first $1,000 emergency fund, do whatever you have to do to save that. Uber, Eats, Grubhub, Uber being a driver, uh, pick up trash, sell the cans back to the recycling pan, anything you have to do to save that 1,000 as quickly as possible, all right? Take four weeks, five weeks, save that 1,000, you're going to thank yourself. Uh, number two, pay off all debt uh, with the debt snowball. So that means take your smallest amount, uh, pay that debt off, and then all that money you are putting towards that small debt, now put it toward the second smallest debt. And then now you, all that money you're putting toward that debt, put all that money, and it's a snowball, right? He's getting bigger mm-hmm. bigger. You're putting more and more money toward larger and larger debt. That does not make mathematical sense, but it makes perfect sense when it comes to human behavior. So that's what I'm talking about when I say that,
0: because it's the it's the small it's the small victories. It's the victory because it's the it's, victories. it's the victories. Because I had a medical bill, I had um, a Best Buy credit card, and like my medical bill was like a thousand something dollars. But then like once I got down to like five hundred, four hundred, two hundred, it felt so good to pay that off. I was like, okay, I got one bill paid off. So it gives you that that motivation to keep going. Right. So because and and you're right, it's it's human behavior, it's psychological because. If I'm trying to start off, if I want to start off with my student loan, I could start off with my student loan, but if that's, that's going to take me, if, yeah, if that, yeah, if that's the person, if that's going to, if that's, if that's going to like take me like an average of 20 years, but I still got, I got these other debts that could, I could pay off way faster than that, but I'm going to start right. with a big one. Right. So it, so that, that would just, that would just make me feel so defeated knowing I was like, oh man, I'm never going to get the student loan paid off, but I can get these other bills paid off faster because they are a lot less.
1: Yeah. And then during this whole process, you're, you're not contributing to your 401k. You're not contributing to any kind of investment things. A lot of people worry about that, but the magic of compounding interest takes care of that in the long run. Cause stopping the payments for a year or two years, um, and then being able to contribute more after that period, you're going to be better off in the long term anyway. So don't worry. Uh, step three, three to six months of emergency expenses and your savings account three to six months. That's why you have to have a budget because you have to know how much mm-hmm. your three to six months expenses are in order to save That's that what account. I'm
0: working on right now.
1: There you go, girl. And then also if you have uh, there's a high yield savings account, um, different from a CD, a high yield savings account will get you anywhere from 1.2 to you know, 0.4% um, back each, each month. Um, so you can put your three to six months in there because you can access that very quickly. Um, little tidbit instead of just putting it into a savings account, Uh, invest 15% of income into a Roth IRAs and pre-tax retirement plans. So taxes are different for uh, normal citizens and corporations. Um, even though corporations are considered people, that's a whole nother argument. Uh, (laughs) So when you, when you work W2, you work, you get an hourly wage. Um, they take the taxes off the top. You get what's left. Uh, you can access some of that money by keeping it and showing that you make less. So at the end of the year, you pay less taxes. What I mean by that is this, you have a Roth IRA, you have a HSA health savings account. Um, what you can do is when you get paid, instead of them taking uh, 10%, let's just say, of your money off the top for taxes, they you can determine that of that 10%, uh, 4%, is going to go to my retirement account and another 2% of that money is going to my health savings account, which I can use for medical bills. Um, um, There's a whole list of things that that qualify as a health purchase. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now instead of being, instead of that 10% being taken, I'm down to 4% being taken for, for taxes, which will show that I made less during the year. So, and so because I'm putting my money away and being responsible with it, it shows that I made less during the year. So I'm being taxed less at the end of the year. All right. So it's a great way to keep some more of your money. Roth IRAs, health savings account, HSAs, which you can invest from both of those down the road.
0: And unfortunately my job doesn't have that. They just have it where you have a spending account. So you put in a certain amount of money, um certain amount of money each year and then you have to use it. And if you don't use it, then um, you don't get that money back. So my job doesn't have that. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. you need to so make sure that you are um, to to the viewers out there, make sure that you look into that. So you look into your benefits and making sure that you're doing your tax form correctly to make sure that you can get the most money back. And then because the one thing that the one thing that I that I've been learning is like, oh, it's come tax season. We are we're waiting for a big refund, a big refund check. If you get a big refund, that's not good. That's not <laughs> that good means that uh, that that means that the you were given. Sure. Yeah, the government took more money than what you needed. So it's like, would you I rather instead of getting that big old check every um, every April, May or whatnot, then. I'd rather, instead of getting that check, I'd rather get that money back in my paycheck. Because when you look, especially for us us nine to fivers, when you look at that W-2 and you look at the uh, gross income versus the net, and I look at what my gross is, I'm like, it's close to $1,000 that they take out. And I'm just like, and then, you, and, then you, and then I still get a refund? Well, how much more money are you taking than, than what than what you right. actually need? It's like, it's like, you know what I could do with all that money? E- even if it's an extra like $100 or $200 a month. I can make a stretch.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: that's one hundred, two hundred dollars that can go to savings, can go to credit card debt, any kind of debt. So, I mean,
2: and I
1: gotta uh, check on this, but um, my first start would be to uh, allocate the minimum amount for the FSA, the federal savings account, the one that mm-hmm. gets on after every year. Use it or lose it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, select the minimum amount for that, and then. You can have your personal uh, health savings account um, and contribute money to that post-tax, which then you can write off on your taxes uh, when it comes to tax time. Or just allocate that they don't withhold taxes from your paycheck. So that way you can contribute that money um, to your health savings account. But that takes discipline. It takes having a budget. So that way you're not getting money that you should be saving for taxes and spending it. That's how you end up in jail.
0: So I, I want I want I want everyone to, to realize what we're saying. Everything that we're talking about, what is the common denominator? Budget. Yeah, definitely
2: budget. If you
0: yeah, if you don't have a budget, that is the most simplest thing that you can do. Oh, the one thing since we're talking about budgets, um, I do my budget using every dollar. Um again, that's from Dave Ramsey. The number <laughs> one budgeting,
1: Dave yeah, number one budgeting <laughs> app in the world
0: and it's very easy and you can cater it to yourself. Now,
2: yeah.
0: I want Marcus, I want I want you to go into a little bit because I know people might have this question like with me, I get paid um biweekly. So, right. how and I, and I know I had trouble trying to wrap my mind around ter- and and now I have cuz I used to do my budgeting that way every two weeks. But mm-hmm. now I have a habit of where my my budget I'm looking at it monthly because you're talking right. you talk in terms of of, of month of monthly. Right. So now now that I can now it it took a, it took a it took a minute but I figured out like how I can see it monthly now. So how do you kind of transform or do your budget from a biweekly basis to a monthly basis even though you get paid biweekly because a lot of people don't get paid monthly.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be harder for those of people in the beginning. Everything gets easier with time, right? it's going to be harder with people who get paid uh, weekly, biweekly, or especially just commission-based because you never know exactly how much you're going to have.
0: That's another one, yeah.
1: Um, so if you get paid biweekly and it's regular hours, times that by two. And you have your month, all right? Uh, same thing with, with, with the week. Uh, Tell I like
2: how you snap
0: your
1: fingers. Yep, boom, boom, right there. Boom, 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 boom. Um,
0: you you looks like daddy when you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> did. Yeah, he has
1: never done that. I don't even know how you. Anyway, it,
0: it was it was your it it was face. It was the facial expression. Uh,
1: okay, okay, <laughs> All right. So, um, look look back at the past months, and see how much you made. Um, and then that's how you can start to get the idea. Now, creating a budget is going to take you one to three months, depending on how good you are at guessing slash how good you are at having records of what happened in the past, all right? It's not an exact science, but you will be exact after a month or two of actually doing it. The key is just to start with something, right? That's why I always say start with your staying alive number. That's the easiest thing to calculate because bills Um, you have a small range, right? Your electricity bill isn't going to change super a lot. Hopefully if it does, you have some kind of problem that you should have checked out. Um, so if you're on commission, um, uh, you've been doing it for a while. So you have a track record of how much you bring home some months. It may be $2,200. Another month, it may be 4,200. Uh, what I would do is take the low average, meaning I would, I would, um, budget off of the 2200 or 2500 Um So that way you're always going to have more in the end. So that way, like say uh, you 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 budget for $4,200 and that month you bring in $2,200. You have a big discrepancy now of money you do not have. Whereas the opposite is way better. If I budget okay. for $2,200 and I bring in $4,200, I have $2,000 that I did not plan for way better problem to have. So now that money can just go straight toward debt because I'm already good with the 2200 or it can go right into an investment account, mutual fund, 401k, whatever that you have to do. Um, so. Or towards your savings or towards your savings. Yeah. I wouldn't put too much in savings. As far as like a regular bank. If you have a high interest yield account, yes, regular bank savings. No, cause you're actually losing money. Because of inflation. Um, yeah, so that's that's sad. Uh so that's that's the way that I would handle the actual budget part. Um, and then step four, going back to the seven baby steps, is to invest 15% of your income into Roth IRAs. We talked about that. Step five is a college fund. So here's the deal with the college fund. All right, there's a 529 college fund savings account that you can do. The problem with that is so say you have uh, uh, $50,000 in your savings account, right? You've been saving for your kid's college since they were one or two, right? Mm. So the account has grown and it's $50,000 now. When you do financial aid, they're going to see that you have $50,000 saved, which means you're not going to get financial aid for that amount. So instead of getting $100,000 in financial aid, now you're down to $60,000 in financial aid because they know, oh, they have $50,000 saved. Let's utilize that amount too, right? Um, which, you know. It's,
0: I think I think that's the messed up part because in my uh, mind, so, and, I'm, pre- and, and, and I pre- I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is what everybody thought. I thought that when you, because I thought about it, I was like, oh, I can do that. You know, once I start a family and stuff like that, I'll do that because so, mm-hmm. I want my kids to be able to have money. But what I thought was that money would just be added to the financial aid that you could potentially get. And then you could just turn down or just take what you needed. You would think, I didn't right? know that. I, yeah. I didn't know that, that, that would actually add. Cause essentially what you're saying is they add that to your income. So it's
2: Basically, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you, you, you yeah.
0: yeah, you make $50,000 more because you have, and I was like, that's, that's, that's not, that's not it. It's not like I make right. $50,000, you know, more every year. That's, that's savings. That's that one time $50,000. So that's the part that's messed up. So I, I, is there like a alternative or, you know, flip side to that?
1: Yeah. So one of the things, and, and, you know, I I encourage you to do your own research also, of course, Uh, but you can have a cash value life insurance policy um, or just a regular insurance that has a cash value along with it, because that's not going to be contributing to your, to the calculation when it comes to financial aid. So say instead of having a 529, I have some kind of policy that has a cash value and a cash value that you've been paying into for years and years and years, the cash value is now built up to $50,000. That is not going to show up within the calculations for your financial aid. So now then. Here's the problem. <laughs> um, you know, all, all this money stuff is just what you know, right? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that's out there. It's just what you actually know. So wealthy people have been doing this for years and years and years. That's why, you know, some people still get financial aid, even though they're worth, you know, their family's worth a million bucks or whatever. Um, whereas, you know, people who are middle class, especially get, get hit the hardest, are trying to be responsible with money, but they um, don't have enough because they make too much and it shows that they make too much. So, you know, great ways to hide your money. These are the things that we are not taught, right? Um, so one thing you can do is have a cash value in your insurance. So that builds up, you can withdraw that cash value and then use that towards school and get the financial aid that you need. Um, so it's kind of best with both worlds. Um, and then step number six is pay off your home early. Step seven, build wealth, build wealth and give. Um, so, you know, I, I tweaked that seven baby steps a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I do utilize credit cards, uh, but I am very strict with it. Um, I know Dave Ramsey is definitely 100% against credit cards, uh, but he has had people on his show, uh, Mark Cuban and some other very wealthy people who do use credit, who are multimillionaires. Uh, Dave Ramsey made his money through real estate um, and he was very good at selling houses, right? I mean, he, he went bankrupt and became a millionaire again. Right. So he's very good at, at what he does. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's, that's the version that I do. Um, and then right now, uh, talking about, um, totally adulting I'm I'm on, and I'm, I'll share the, the link with you also, as so you can put it in the show notes, there are ways that teachers, uh, can, uh, basically become millionaires depending on how much you want to sacrifice up, up front. Um, but I'll share that link because this dude from, from the middle of nowhere Georgia does this, um, mm-hmm. and and he can, can literally take years off if he wants to. I think him and his wife and his and their son go amazing places. They lived in Mexico for, like, two years or something like that. So I think there I are heard the,
0: about this story. Were you the one to tell me about this? Because I, I thought uh, I heard. Everything. Yes. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I and, – and, and this is um... – Really special to, it's close to my heart, and I wanted you to be on here today because I really want to see our community, you know, thrive. And I know that we kind of been thrown, you know, we've been thrown the scraps in life, whether it's education or whether it's finances, whether it's just being a human being, we've just been thrown the scraps. So, and you, in a lot of people in our community, the Black community, They don't know any of the stuff. They don't even know the basic stuff about like credit cards and, you know, budgeting and say like, they don't even know the basics. And, and I, and I want to put this to you. I want to ask you this because I know that this is something that might come up too that people might have questions about Mm -hmm. because in our community, we have a lot of people in our community that are low income, you know, they're living in these impoverished, um, areas what do you say to those people can they to live a financial independent life
1: yeah so one quick note is on credit card make sure you utilize less than 30 percent uh so if your version if your uh max credit is one thousand dollars you don't want to go over three hundred dollars three hundred dollars so make sure your credit limit is high enough to utilize less than three percent every single month that'll help your credit score um so to the low income and 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 to so you know, we we are a an amazing people, right? Given yeah. the opportunity, uh, we we and we create amazing things, uh, whether it be from science to math to, you know, we were the computers that was that made it possible for the rockets and for uh, astronauts to go to the moon. Um, hashtag hidden figures. Um, <laughs> The, 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 the one thing that we need to get better at, and this, this, this mainly comes from, um, the biggest need is, is, is honest people who want to see, um, the culture take, take it to the next step. Um, being a cooperative group is one of the things that we lack the most. Um, there are things out there called syndicates where you have to be an accredited investor, but you can pull everybody's money and invest as a single person into a company, into apartment complexes, into you know, whatever you want to, into a farm, mom and pop shop. Like you can invest into whatever you want um, as a group of people, right? So instead of investing $250,000, I can invest $2,000 and everybody else invest $2,000. And we can pull our resources and do that, right? You can do the same thing as a family. Create a family LLC. Uh everybody in the family puts hundred bucks a month in. Right? Mm-hmm. So say you have five people that's five hundred bucks a month at the end of the year. Now you have a a, a nice uh big chunk of change, right? What's that? Fifty fifty one hundred bucks or bucks or uh, uh five, five, ten, like uh I don't know, how much is that? Five thousand right. plus, plus one thousand. Oh, six thousand. There we go. All right <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, I don't do math. I need a calculator. I don't know.
1: I <laughs> kept wanting to put a put a put a two in there for some reason. Um, <laughs> all right, so six thousand bucks. So six thousand dollars a year, right? Two years, six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four. So now you're up to twenty-four thousand dollars. You know, after four years, um you that's that's plenty of money to to get uh, a loan and get a duplex, triplex, quadplex um once you hit five doors then that's considered commercial uh real estate right all this is is within grasp uh as far as real estate goes which will then create uh, cash flow um then you can create that cash flow and then use that cash flow to fund whatever else whatever, whether that be a mom and pop shop right co-invest mm-hmm. with some somebody else um, but that, that helps to create some, some, some type of breathing ring. Um, you know, to that person who's barely making it and barely has enough food on their table, um, community is, is hyper and important. Um, not to mention, you know, we have to look out for each other as far as the laws go. Because the same person who's barely making it, they're going to get more government assistance if there isn't a father or a man in the house. That has to change. Um, mm-hmm. We are incentivizing people to break up the family instead of, you know, fight to, together for the I,
0: can, of the family. Can you explain that more? Because that, that's, a, that's a profound statement that you just made
1: which one i make
0: so many <laughs> okay the one about the one about you know we are incentivized to break up the family oh
1: yeah yeah so the, so everybody wants to talk about the welfare state right
0: mm-hmm. one of
1: the reasons why we have a, a a welfare state is that the government doesn't provide the necessity the necessity um, the uh correct incentives incentives to get off of welfare uh for one, right? In in many places, you can only be on welfare one time or receive, uh, aid for a limited amount of time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so many people right now during this pandemic are out of work. They're making more money not working than when they would, if they're busting their tail for 80, 70 hours a week, right? If, if, you know, what, what, if if I'm a regular person, why would I want to go back to work and make less money and make my life harder than just to kind of chill? Right. Um, uh, The, the same thing is, is the same thing applies to the, the mom with kids who's trying to make it right. She makes more money uh, from the government if there isn't a man in in the house. So Mm. the government is incentivizing breaking up the family. Um, the black community is incentivized um against having that strong uh, male role model. Mm-hmm. Um and we have not checked that. That's the part that 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 we haven't done. We don't cooperate enough together when it comes to vote. Politicians aren't honest, um, and they don't necessarily do the things that we vote them into office to do. Uh, Because we're all busy, we have a representative democracy, which means that we trust people to do what's on the best of our behalf, and they don't, and there's not accountability to where it's obvious that they aren't doing it, right? Um, The 24-hour news cycle doesn't allow for the proper coverage of what's actually going on, and everything just gets lost in the noise. some of this stuff we have to you know, not get back to basics, but think about what are rational things that we can do uh, to band together. If we are the largest consumer group in the United States, um, if uh, churches, which are nonprofits, um, who get millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, don't uh, effectively assist the community in which they are in and all, all around. We are, we are failing people. And so mm-hmm. to those who are, who feel like they're getting left behind, who feel like they are um, marginalized, um, to them I say one, everybody is one idea away from unimaginable riches. Everybody is one accident away from terrible poverty. And that's the country in which we live in.
2: Hmm.
1: So keep your head up. Keep striving to take advantage of all the free resources. Um, re- education, even if it's not formal, you can go online. And, you know, you, you use the library. Um, use your neighbor's computer. Do whatever you have to do. There are free classes from Harvard, Stanford, all these places um, online where they, 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 they can teach you stuff. Uh, do whatever you have to do to get in front of that. The Internet, I think, should be a public utility. Everybody should be able to access it. Um, you know, there's legislation um, that was passed, and Colin Powell's son actually was involved with this, on the wrong side of it, of course. Uh, where it is legal now to throttle the internet speed, right so if say you get three gigs of data a month after you pass that limit they can slow down your internet to 3g right that shouldn't be that doesn't cost these companies anymore to keep the internet fast for you it 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 doesn't they can just charge more for a faster internet um so there are there are things that we who are middle class, well, more well off than others can do to help fight for the rights of other people. And that's the thing that we have to do. Uh, but that's going to take people from our community who have the education um, to stand to toe with others um, and who have the heart to say, OK, if I get ahead, um, whatever I have is ours. And then we can band together and buy assets and we can all get ahead and fix certain laws that need to be changed.
0: And I mean, I totally agree with all that. I think I am a big advocate for, you know, education and because, you know, knowledge is power. You, you don't know what you don't know. So in, until you get that education, then you can, you know, the world is your oyster as they say. So I think, um, this is probably kind of a good time to close, but, um, I want first of all to thank my brother for coming on here. And I might just have to have you on again because there was so much that we didn't dive into <laughs> that we could have dived into. But um doving into. No, dove. Into. <laughs> but um I wanna have you probably on again. But um again, this is this is something that needs to be talked about, that this is not, you know, talked about in our community enough so where can um people find you marcus
1: all right so i am on the web um i am marcus bird on twitter uh you can hit me up on there um totally adulting is on all platforms totallyadulting.com is where you can go you can get um, um the budget starter excel sheet totally free uh we can help you fix your credit um we are adding an investment side of that where we partner with you and you buy duplex and stuff like that. Um, one thing that I'm working on currently uh, within the, the world that we live in now, um, where, you know, black lives do matter, of course, um, we are finally moving ahead in, social, in society um, when it comes to in, injustices um, because of racism. Um, so we want to keep that moving forward in the future. So one of the solutions that I'm bringing forth is called Insta InstaLawyer. InstaLawyer is an app where if you're um, having an interaction with police, whether it be you're being pulled over or you're stopped on the sidewalk, whatever, you can open the app and stream instantly with a lawyer. Uh, so you have somebody who spent seven to eight years learning about the law, um, who can tell you you know, what information to get if you need to file a complaint from, from the officer, um, as well as um, make sure that your rights aren't being infringed upon. Um, you know, one of, one of the uh, lawyers that I follow, he tweeted, um, he spent eight years in school to practice law, but the people who enforce it spend six months. And wow. that's, uh, that's, that's part of the problem um and so we 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 want to get the best witness the best person um into the middle of the situation uh to allow you to take a breath and allow you uh, allow them to advocate for you um and so that is at insta i n s t a l a w y r.com there's no e okay insta lawyer no e insta lawyer.com uh you can look at more of the details there, and you can also contribute to our GoFundMe. Um, Of course, like everything else, it takes money, but we want to provide the best solution with the best resources and the best engineers to build it because this is something that we hope can save lives and we hope that we'll be able to uh, bring about um, more um, sanity just as you walk around in this world with dark skin
0: well thank you again of course you can find me at bird owl um, um bird owl consulting on all platforms instagram facebook twitter it's bird underscore owl um you can find me on my website uh, birdowl.com birdowlconsulting.com but you can also find a link um to my brother's um website and everything for totally, for totally adulting and and just be sure just to support one another. Um, you can always support, you know, the black community by, buy- by buying black. I actually have a section on my website um, with different um, stores that you can buy from. I'm actually kind of showcasing some stuff that I um, bought for some black companies, these earrings from Be Kind. Um, I have this shirt from Mess in a Bottle. So that's the shirt that I'm wearing today. And then also the lip gloss or lipstick that I'm wearing is from um, the, the lip, so that is a black owned company as well so thank you for listening thank you for watching and hope that you will tune in next week for bird's eye view bye